Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach. I'm here with my co-host, Clint. Uh, I guess good friend and co-host, Clint. I'm not a good friend on this one. And uh, my my pastor, uh, Oren, is also sitting in on this episode. And so today we wanted to talk about um, sort of an ancient concept. The Latin is Felix Culpa. It essentially means happy fault or um, a fortunate fall. Um, And so what are we talking about when we're talking about that ancient concept? So we're talking about the idea that from a Christian perspective, it is better to have to experience redemption and forgiveness because of what Jesus did for us on the cross than if Adam had never sinned and and then therefore earned uh, whatever blessings God tied to that that obedience. Right. So it, it is an ancient Christian concept, and there's a couple quotes that I have, um, one from a liturgy and an Eastern vigil, an Easter vigil. It says... I mean, it might be Eastern, too. Yeah, it might be. Oh, happy fault that earns so great, so glorious a Redeemer. And another quote, just to wrap our minds around what we're talking about when we're talking about fortunate fall, is that we gain more in Jesus than we lost in Adam. We gain more in Jesus than we lost in Adam. And so it's this idea that um, it is better that we experience hard things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must be. It must be better that we experience hard things uh, because we, you know, generally believe in a in a good God, mm-hmm. um, a loving God. And so, if we're experiencing hard things, there must be some benefit yeah. for them. Yeah. And so, so, and in reality, though, the if Adam had not sinned. Life didn't mean life wouldn't have been hard because yeah. because earning your own salvation oh, right, yeah. is is hard mm-hmm. but the toil there so in essence we we gave up the toil for our salvation and but and but put on uh, fallible bodies like mm-hmm. we, we we said we're going to make mistakes yeah and we gave up perfection but the redemption we experience in return is greater than anything we would have been able to accomplish for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So, so why, I don't think this is a uniquely Western concept. I think it's all over the world. Why do we fear failure so much then? Mm. Why is it so, like, we, we go to great lengths to avoid failing? If it's a good thing, why do we avoid it? Or, or why are we so devastated by it when it happens? I think because we fall prey to comparison. Yep. So it's not we realize that every every other everybody else fails, but if we somehow fail in a more grand way, we're that's all we're doing, right? We're comparing our failures to other people's, and if we somehow fail in a more um, in a worse way than someone else, then we feel yeah. we feel worse. I think it's even more basic than that. I think it's because when we fail, we realize we're not God, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like every failure reminds me of that we're how not fallible and weak and pitiful I am yeah. and in need of redemption. And so yeah. I guess the question then is, how is failure good, right? Mm. Like this is what we're asking today, if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm taking it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why or how is failure good? 
Mm-hmm. Well, so to answer your first question, so for me, that first question is very, uh, it's, it's an internalized one for me. Um, I'm certainly not suggesting this is for everybody, but so why is, why am I afraid of failure? Yeah. Um, you said comparison, mm-hmm. Clint, and, um, yes, comparison, but more so like I am so concerned and I've recognized this for myself in the last few years that, uh, I am so concerned with what other people think of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want other people to think poorly mm-hmm. of me to think or think of you as a failure. Yeah. 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 Um, and so for me, it always, so getting back to God, it, for me, it's less that I'm not God and, and, and more that, um, when, when other people, uh, think poorly of me, my head automatically goes to God thinks poorly of me. Mm-hmm. See, it's um, interesting. That's crazy. Cause I thought you were going somewhere else with that. But so your, your worry is that when I fail, people think people think poorly of me and therefore that's how God sees yeah, me. Yeah. My, my interaction with failure is when I fail, people see me and think that's how God is. Oh, interesting. Oof, that's a load. <laughs> <laughs> that's a burden. man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so that, that, that's ultimately, yeah. or, or they think of, they think it's somehow reflects him mm. when I fail. So this goes back to my comment earlier about being, not being God mm-hmm. and that's, there's always a war to rule our hearts, right? Yeah. It's between us and God. That's why Adam and Eve failed. They want to be like God. Mm -hmm. They were never made to be like God in that way. They were subject to him. Mm -hmm. They were friends, but they were subject to him. Mm -hmm. That's the way the relationship always works. Our nature doesn't want to be subject to anyone, (laughs) especially God, because he can tell us what to do, and we want to do it ourselves. So when I fail, I, I have to recognize I... I cannot rule my own heart well. Mm. The only one who can rule my heart well is God. So mm. I have to submit myself to him. And pride just d- d- doesn't want to let me do that. So it's a constant battle to deal with my failures in a way that's actually helpful and not a, a burden. So, so Clint's comment about how other people see God, I mean, you can't carry that, right? right. Like, you, it's not <laughs> your job to justify God's character, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and, 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 and so we, we carry these burdens with us every day when we fail and we really miss out on, on the hope of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to tell myself the reason failures are good to me is because I know I'm a colossal screw up Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. (laughs) And as a father, as a husband, as a friend, brother, whatever, what in whatever label is on me, I failed in that. Now, that's not to say that I'm a terrible husband. I succeed more than I fail as a husband. Yeah. But my failures are still very, at least in my eyes, very prominent. Mm. And so the way I get people, I guess, to not have a, well, if Clint's a bad husband, then all Christians must yeah. be. Or what, what does that say about the Christian God yeah, sure. and what he call, the kind of husbands he calls yeah. or whatever? And it's like, no, 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 no. If he'll call me. To be a husband, yeah. Even me, yeah. What does that say about him? Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of, and it, and it's it, it's it's nuance, and it's such a, it's such a turn. Yeah. On it's like uh, you know, if you just flip the coin over, it, it's yeah. such a, it's such a subtle change mm-hmm. in in a, in a perspective, mm-hmm. but it makes all the difference in the world because, like you said, instead of walking around with this burden on my back, of of misrepresenting. Jesus, misrepresenting the God who saved me, 
I instead am constantly reminded, like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm a screw up, but this this guy mm-hmm. says I says I'm his. Right, yeah, right. you know, so well, there's room for you. Yeah, yeah and that's true. that's a quote I saw. I when I, I saw this quote as I was reading some things on Felix Culpa, and uh, I initially I was like, oh, okay, I, I can kind of see that, but it didn't really stick. But hearing what you said, this quote. Uh, seems directly relatable. Mm. It was that, uh, God doesn't become less. We become more. Yeah. God doesn't become less because we're fallible, but we become more. And it's this, it's, it is this bizarre thing where God meets me in my weaknesses. Um, but if I can't acknowledge I have weaknesses, I will miss out on some connection with God. Um, if I, if I can't, if I say, Oh no, I, I'm strong. I don't have yeah. any weakness. I'm not fallible. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I am restricting my access, my connection to yeah. God, because that's where He meets me. And think about, and this is where I was. My head went when you were talking about how we all were all subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all don't. We don't want to be subjects. Yeah. But we're all subjects yeah. to something, something or to someone. someone yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah. None of us is a is a is a at the pinnacle of humanity. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, and I don't. I mean, speak for yourself. No, no. Well, so the person that comes to my mind, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have seen him, but he's this guy on social media, the Liver King. Have you heard? Have you heard of this guy? I have only heard of him because of you. Yeah, yeah. So you never heard? Of, I'll have to show you a video. But he's this guy. He's like super ripped, and he's like he calls him his followers primals, and he's like this call to ancestral living, and, he, and it's just really you got to be careful when you say that word ancestral, not ancestral. Yeah. Well, it's probably both. <laughs> Might be be honest. Yeah, small group, but no, it's a small family man. And, and I mean, I watched, and, it, and it's like I can't take my eyes off this presentation that this guy gives because it's just ridiculous. Uh-huh. And I realized like this guy thinks he's the pinnacle of human, human existence. Mm-hmm. And I said, but guess what? He's going to die yep. one day. <laughs> and then what? Mm-hmm. The, you know? And so the next person that is there, is there like a lineage of these guys? Mm-hmm. Like where, but even so, even if you're the next liver King, you weren't that first one. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're subject to that image. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's gotta be exhausting. Yep. And so it's much easier easier maybe i'm just you know not maybe i'm subprimal you know like is what he calls <laughs> your beta yeah is what he calls people who don't get it you're charlie but may, yeah maybe i just maybe but it's so much if more freeing and more um beneficial to my soul to know that i'm going to fail mm. and that it's better to experience failure and so that i can experience redemption and forgiveness yeah. from those for those failures. Yeah. All right. So I think we've spelled out what it is really well. What I'd like to do, the last question I'd like to ask ourselves is just like practical implications of this in our own lives. If we could give one example of how this is, has rung true in our own lives. Yeah. The great story I remember is about Martin Luther when he would talk back to the devil. <laughs> he was feeling tempted or chastised and the devil would just accuse him of all yeah. the things he had done wrong. And he would just say, yeah, but Jesus saved me. Mm-hmm. Right? There's always, you're right. Yeah, you're and, right. And, you're, yeah. and it's actually far worse exactly, than what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I think Spurgeon even said once, um, uh, the worst that people know about you is not even the whole story. Oh, yeah. Right? Far worse yeah. than you think about me. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we have to do or be able to do is when we put our head in our pillow at night, <clears throat> bearing all the burdens of the failures we've had in the course of the day, is to remember who's still Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? So Liver King thinks he's Lord when he lays down at night, right? right? Yeah. But you don't know what's going through that dude's brain when he puts his head on his pillow. 
he's probably, his mind's probably racing with his own internal struggles, no doubt, right? And so as Christians, or as those who follow Christ, the last thing you have to think about is why in the world would God wake you up in the morning? Mm. It's because he made you for a purpose, right? And your failures are not getting in the way of that, mm. Mm. right? Like you're not going to stop God. I think you made the comment, we don't take anything away from him when we fail. We don't add anything to him when we succeed either, right? right? He's completely self, uh, self-motivated, self his immutable character. We don't add or take anything away from him. We get to live in fellowship with him. And so one of the things I've had to learn how to do at regular exercise of mine is when I'm dealing with a lot of failures and a lot of struggles is to really before I go to sleep is to remember who is Lord here, me mm-hmm. or him. And if it's him, I can keep going. If it's yeah. me, I have no reason to keep going. And if it's him and you don't wake up, uh, yeah, you didn't exa- fail, exactly. you didn't fail exactly. to do the things that you exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, for me, one of that things that's been so important and so instrumental um, is as a dad mm-hmm. uh, is is being and right now my children are young enough to where I can screw up a lot and they're not gonna like hold it against me, mm-hmm. but I don't want to make a habit of doing that because there'll come a time when my screw ups will affect them more Mm -hmm. and perhaps make long do long-term damage. Mm -hmm. And so I always make sure, you know, to, to be honest with my kids Mm -hmm. when I fail, Mm -hmm. like if I raise my voice and I yell, um, I try to, you know, either the next morning, because it's usually a bedtime when I get frustrated the next morning, you know, show them, that I love them, that nothing they did or that I did the night before has any bearing on long-term on our relationship. Um, so I just kind of reset. Mm-hmm. And that's, and this, this view is re- the only thing that can allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't have this view to where that I give up my failures and receive from God forgiveness and blessing and a new start, mm-hmm. then I spend the next day trying to overcome the failures of the day before make up for it. Yeah. And I can't, it's exhausting. I can't do that. I can't make up for my failures. So I start off each day with yesterday's failures were yesterday's. Let's succeed today. Let's make the next right choice today. And I do that. I I try to exhibit that in my own life so that my kids when operate that will operate the same way, you know, yeah. Uh, one relationship I think of is with my wife, and I know this um, This could be triggering for some people who've gone through divorce, who've um, lost their spouse, um, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to trigger anybody, but, um, and I understand there's, you know, I come from a divorce family, so I get there's a lot of heartaches and, and things that, um, you know, Angie and I talked about this on the last episode, that there's a lot of breaks that can be reconciled, but, um, still be broken in some instances. And so I recognize that, uh, but with my own relationship with my wife, um, my, our first year of marriage was rough. Um, I failed often. I failed in some big ways. Um, and my wife had to forgive me and, um, I'll say this, that I, when I think of us, I, I think of a, a very strong bond. Um, the, the fear of her separating from me or the fear of her leaving me um, isn't there. Mm. 
Like there's this assurance about our relationship um, because we've gone through those hard things and that she's forgiven me and I, I've had that redemption. If everything, and I'm not saying this is exactly how it would have went had I not had failings. Maybe our relationship would be better. I don't know. But the concept we're talking about today is uh, Felix called our fortunate fall. And so I do think, I do think going through those experiences of me failing and her her forgiving me, experiencing that redemption, experiencing that reconciliation, I think our relationship is stronger than had I not done those things. Yeah. Um, because the reality is I may not be as secure or as um, assured in the strength of our relationship had, had I not experienced that forgiveness and redemption. And so that's, that's and, like a relational one. And, that's, um, and that too comes from the re- resolution that you guys made when you got married, mm-hmm. that, that the resolve yeah, that but you, you had to not, to not leave. Well, and the fact that and it's been tested. Through those things. It's been yeah, tested at Absolutely, because anybody can make that resolution and then not be tested and they yeah. never have to deal with it. Yeah. But one of my favorite quotes about marriage is, is Matt Chandler says it. He goes, marriage is both of you seeing the worst thing about that one another and say, I'm staying. Yeah. And that's really what... what yeah. I, well, and that's why I wanted to give the caveat at the beginning, because I, I yeah. recognize that some worth, worst things actually... You know, there there may be cause yeah, to leave, absolutely. and I, I don't want to. You don't. You're, you're not. You're not making that a law. On yeah, anyone. you're not saying yeah. it has to be that way. But uh, but I think a lot of time, a lot of issues plaguing marriage in that sense um, start because they people don't have that resolve yeah. mm. to fight through, and it yes. takes people fighting through it. It's not just one right. person. It's yeah, not just work. a blank work, resolution. Yeah. yeah. And there's power in knowing the person still loves you. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's that's gospel. If you go back to God. He never stops loving us despite all of our failures. And so when you know a person does that for you, a wife or a husband or a child or a parent, whatever it is, and in, in spite of all your failures, they still deeply care and love you. They're not going anywhere. They give it up on you. Well, how much more committed is God to you than your own spouse is? Yeah, right. right. And so as I said Sunday morning in the sermon, you know, the blood of Jesus is far too precious, right? It means a lot to him, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and so he's not going to leave you alone. And he's going to keep pressing and keep pressing. And a lot of times we, as Christians, we talk about how the things outside of us can't, can't get us because we're protected by God, but we're always our, our, our own worst enemies, right? Mm-hmm. The things that are going to get us are things that are going to come from inside, not outside, mm-hmm. right? There aren't that many existential threats in the world, right? <laughs> but I know my own heart, my own pride. Yeah. I am my own greatest threat, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if we can figure how to get that balanced where we're trusting in the Lord, Rather than ourselves, then our failures won't overwhelm us. Mm. They'll be hard. They'll make us sad for a while, maybe. Uh, but eventually, if we keep trust, trusting in Christ, those failures will turn into into blessings in the future because we'll see God's grace in the midst of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems like a good place to end. Until next time, we want to know that when we fail, that's not it. And God has the final say. Amen. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace. <laughs>